0: Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. We are just getting started with an amazing series, can can I say, a vital series on life, death, resurrection, and eternal life. This is a series that has eternal consequences for each one of us, so I'm glad you're with us for Hope Sabbath School today. Welcome to the team. Good to see you all again. It's going to be an important study today, Understanding Human Nature. We're glad you're here. And we're also glad we have some remote team members joining us. Sabina joining us from British Columbia. Good to see you again, Sabina. Addison joining us from grad school there in Texas. Glad you're here, Addison. And Glenny joining us from California. Glenny, good to see you on Hope Sabbath School again. We're glad you're here, and we're always happy to hear from you. By the way, did you download our free gift yet? You just have to go to our website, hopetv.org slash ss and you can download our free copy of a, of a wonderful little biography called The Story of Jesus, you say, how does that relate to life, death, resurrection, and eternal life? Answer, in this book, it talks about the life, death, resurrection of Jesus, and the gift of eternal life through faith in Him. So, go to our website, hopetv.org, slash, hopess. Click on the free gift button in the middle of the screen, and you'll be able to download that wonderful resource, a digital copy of The Story of Jesus. And by the way, when you're there, uh, don't forget to think about writing to us. We'd love to hear from you, sshope at hopetv.org. A note from Vicky in Texas in the United States of America. Hello, Hope Sabbath School. Hello. Give them a wave. I enjoy watching Hope Sabbath School every Friday evening. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to begin the Sabbath. Really? Yes. I live in East Texas, and I especially love the Scripture songs. I also really enjoy the interactive Bible study and the comments from the team members. It really helps me to understand more of God's Word. After I get home from church on Sabbath, I watch Hope Channel for the rest of the day. Amen. I thank God for this Christian network that is spreading the Word of God all around the world. Thank you, Hope Channel, for your hard work. May God bless this ministry. Amen. Amen. Vicki, thanks for writing to us from Texas. We're happy to hear from you. Here's a note from Widrun in Zambia. We have a lot of Hope Sabbath School members in Zambia, don't we? By the way, the, the uh, new president of Zambia is a Hope Sabbath School member.
1: Amen. Wow. Amen.
0: I'm writing from Zambia. Among the numerous people who are blessed with this program, I'm one of them. <laughs> God bless you and your team. Please continue this noble cause of teaching the Word of God. Amen. Well, Widron, thanks for writing to us from Zambia, a beautiful country there in East Central Africa. Here's a little handwritten note. I love to get little handwritten notes. Just a note to thank you for Hope Sabbath School. May God continue to bless your work as you spread His Word into all the world. From a donor couple in Virginia, thank you, you know who you are, you recognize your note, and a donation of $1,000 to bless Hope Sabbath School. Thank you, especially this time of the year. Just a reminder, we're a donor-supported ministry, and it's, you're part of the miracle, so thank you. You can go to our website, hopetv.org. Click on the Donate button, or just go to hopetv.org. And we'll say thank you for your support. One last note from Mathayang in South Sudan. Mathayang writes and says, Hello, Hope Sabbath School team. I think he did that because he was wanting a wave, right? <laughs> I'm Mathayang, writing from South Sudan. Your total commitment to sharing the Word of God across the world is life-saving.
2: Praise God. Amen.
0: I always love to hear from you what God is saying to people in the 21st century. Please be strong and keep on promoting the gospel, and you will be blessed. Amen. 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 Well... Thanks for sharing that word with us, Matthiang, and we do believe that when we share the Word of God that we are blessed. Mm-hmm. Right now, we'd like to have you sing our theme song with us. It's taken from Revelation, chapter 1, verses 17 and 18, and verse 8. I love the words of Jesus. He says, "'Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am He who was dead. I am He who was and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of Hades and of death. I should be singing it. It's easy to remember. (laughs) Let's sing it together right now. Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Who is and who was and who is to
3: come?
0: I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Who is and who was and who is to come? The Almighty, the Almighty. ¡Qué Our topic today is a really important one, Understanding Human Nature, or we might call it Understanding the Human Soul, Mm. because the real question is, is there a soul that can detach from the body Mm. and have some natural immortality, or are we living souls? Let's see what the Bible says, but first we want to pray together. Our Father in heaven, this is an important topic on the theme of life, death, resurrection, and eternal life understanding human nature. I pray in the name of Jesus that your Holy Spirit would guide us into truth. Bless each Hope Sabbath School member around the world, including our team gathered here and our remote team members. We pray in the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Amen,
4: amen.
0: Vitally important topic, and we're going to begin, as you would expect, in the book of Genesis, the book of Beginnings, in Genesis, chapter 1. Now, this may be a text, that uh, you've read before. And, Nicole, I'm going to have you start our study today in Genesis 1:26 and 27. But someone is going to hear this for the first time, and it's going to drastically affect their worldview, because they've been told that we're just here by accident. Mm. Mm. But what does divine revelation tell us about the beginning of the human family?
4: Genesis 1, verses 26 and 27 from the New International Version says, "...then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So, God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them.
0: Now, before we comment on that, Jason, if you could turn to Genesis 2, 7, because, there's something different about the creation of the first human family that's different from the creation of the other uh, animals. Read Genesis 2, verse 7 for us.
5: The New King James Version says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. Mm.
0: Now, hold that last phrase. We'll come back to that in just a minute. My Bible says man became a living soul. Mm. Uh, Hold that phrase, but just creation in general. Jackson, what's different about the creation of our first parents and the human family from the creation of the animals, let's Mm. say?
6: He breathed into into Adam's nostrils, meaning how close you have to be in order to breathe into somebody's nostrils, right? Need to be this close." So, it, ta- it tells us that God wanted to be intimate uh, with Adam.
0: Okay. W- what else do you see? That's a good point. What else do you see, Jason? I see that He uh, made man and woman in His image, you know? So, all of creation reflects the glory of God, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. mm-hmm. the stars and the planets and vegetation, oh, yes. it all reflects the creative power of God. But there's something unique about the humans who are created in God's image, yeah, right? Correct. Yeah. But let's go back to that last phrase, Jason, that you read. What translation were you reading from? The New King James. New version. King James version. Uh, anybody have a King James version? What other versions do we have besides the New King James here?:
4: New International: New
0: international version. Uh, Nicole, how does that read in uh, Genesis 2 verse seven in your translation?
4: Uh, the New international Version says, "Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground." and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being.
0: A living being. That's Mm -hmm. really a good translation. The the Hebrew word means uh, a a soul. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the question is, do I have a soul breathed into me, Mm -hmm. or am I a soul? Well, let's look at the combination. What do we have? We have... Dust. Dust.
5: Dust. Dust.
0: Matter, right? And? Breath. Breath. Breath the life-giving breath of God, Mm -hmm. and when the life-giving breath of God and matter are combined, you have a a living soul soul. or a living being, Mm -hmm. right? So, that's crucially important as we continue. Here's one example in Acts chapter 27 and verse 37, where in the King James it says, uh, "...so many souls were saved." (laughs) Mm -hmm. So many souls were saved. What's the context there, Travis, in Acts chapter 27? and verse 37. This is not talking about some kind of disembodied spiritual entity, right? Acts 27 and verse 37.
2: And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. And in all we were two hundred and seventy-six persons on the ship.
0: Again, uh, this word literally means breath, right? This is not uh, some detached Conscious spiritual entity. It's the person, the combination of material form and the life giving breath of God.
2: So, so Derek, you know, I'm a pilot. So, one of the things if I would take a long trip somewhere and I I would have to file a flight plan, um, they would always ask me how much fuel and that I have on board. But then they would also ask the question, how many souls do you have on board? So, this isn't you know, uh, um, you, know, just outside of the theological world, even it's known um, within flying aviation and other things like that that men that humans are souls.
7: Mm.
0: It used that same term. Same term. Mm-hmm. That must be from the Old English, right? Mm-hmm. How many souls were on the ship?? Right. How many souls are on your plane? Yep. Right. as talking about a living being. Now that's really important because let's see what happens if the body dies. does the soul die? or does the soul continue to exist? That's a Mm -hmm. crucial question, isn't it? Let's go to Ezekiel. Megan, if you could find the ancient prophet Ezekiel, chapter 18. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, right Right in there. Now, Ezekiel was a contemporary of which well-known prophet? Anybody know? He was a contemporary of Jeremiah and of Daniel over in Babylon. And in Ezekiel, chapter 18, a revelation is given to him. Megan, if you could read verse 4 for us, and then read verse 20.
8: Okay, Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 4 in the New International Version, it says, For everyone belongs to me, the parent as well as the child. Both alike belong to me. The one who sins is the one who will die.
0: Some translations say the soul that Mm -hmm. sins, but again it's talking about the whole person, right? And then verse
8: 20? Yes, verse 20. The one who sins is the one who will die. The child will not share the guilt of the parent, nor will the parent share the guilt of the child. The righteousness of the righteous will be credited to them, and the wickedness of the wicked will be charged against them.
0: So the one who sins, that one will die. Now, the good news in John chapter 6 and verse 40. And Zandili, if you could find the Gospel of John chapter 6 and verse 40, if we're saying there's no separate existence from the body, that when you die and return to the dust, life as we know it ends, mm. yep. but that isn't the final end, right? Because, Zandile, you read for us the words of Jesus, if you would, in John 6 and verse 40.
8: Okay, I'll be reading from the New King James Version, and it says, And this is the will of Him that sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believe in Him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day.
0: Amen. Amen. Why is the resurrection so important? Uh, If if some disembodied soul, which we've already said there is no such thing, if that goes to be with God at death, why would you need a resurrection? And why would Jesus need to come back, Travis? He wouldn't. (laughs) He wouldn't even need to come back. Well, I suppose you could say He'd come back for the living, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but He wouldn't need to come back for those who who died, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So, the resurrection is crucially important as as we understand the nature of man in death. Let's take a look, maybe, Nisha, you could read for us in 1 Thessalonians 4. Uh, This this promise has become more precious to me in the last uh, year and a half. Both of my parents fell asleep in death uh, about a year and a half ago, but they faced death unafraid. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they know that death is just asleep until the resurrection that Zandili just read about at the last day. And the Apostle Paul notices, Nisha reads, the opening words. Notice carefully how the Apostle Paul introduces what he's going to tell us.
3: And I'll be reading from the New King James Version, 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 15 through 18. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall, shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words.
0: Go back to the first words, for I received from the Lord. What's he saying? Anybody? Jason? That This is a revelation directly from God. He's not saying, well, I think what will happen... I received this from the Lord. How do you think he received it? We don't know for sure. A vision, yeah. perhaps? Yeah. A dream? Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah. Or oh, the Spirit? A thought?
0: Holy Spirit guiding his thoughts. Um, might the Lord have appeared actually to him in person and shared this with him? Yeah. We don't know. There's lots of ways, that, yeah. but he knew for sure this was a revelation from the Lord. That those who were asleep. Or we would say those who have died, died are not going to go before us, right.
1: mm-hmm.
0: who are living. That when Christ returns, the dead who've fallen asleep will rise. First. rise. That's the dead in Christ, right? Mm-hmm. That means those who have faith in Christ. They'll rise, and then we'll meet them. Right. We'll rise them with them. Yeah, it's going to be a glorious day, right? Yes, Jason.
9: Yeah, I love the Scripture, and you pointed it too, uh, Pastor Derek, that it's an uh, order, because God is not the God of confusion. So, it's an order that goes on, you know, in dealing with this process.
0: For sure, and and by the way, uh, how much time awareness have those who fallen asleep, how much time awareness do they have when the resurrection comes? Mm-hmm. Like. Wow, that was a long <laughs> sleep. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been really tired and slept, and you wake up and you have no idea right. what day it is, what time right. it exactly. is, how many hours you slept. Yeah. Yep. But the sleep of death, the Bible says, the dead don't know anything. Right. They don't praise God. All their plans perish. But that doesn't mean it's the end, does it? Right. right. That in the resurrection, they're going to look, and probably some of my loved ones will look at me and say, you've aged. <laughs> well, yeah. no, because this... Mortal is going to put on immortal, immortal, and this corruptible is going to put on incorruption. So maybe they'll look and say, You look good. <laughs> and I'll say, You look great <laughs> because we're raised in the wholeness of life. What a beautiful day that will be. Amen. So just understanding that process, and Jason, thanks for pointing out that sequence. You know, we didn't need to worry that we've got disembodied loved ones looking down while we're facing the challenges of life. Mm. They're sleeping. Neither do we need to worry that some people are being tortured in an eternal hellfire. We'll study about that in this series because the Bible says the wages of sin is death, Death, Death. not eternal torment. So, these are important topics, aren't they? But we're understanding that we don't have some kind of spirit entity in us that we call a soul, but we are a soul, a living soul. And let's talk about what happens when that soul dies. Let's go back, Travis, if you could take us back to Genesis 2.7, and uh, then I'm going to ask some of our remote team members to read about the undoing of creation. But read Genesis 2.7 again for
2: us, crucial text. Again, I'll be reading from the New King James Version. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being.
0: He became a living being. that That's thats the whole person. Now, Sabina, I'm going to ask you to read, and then Glennie. Uh, Sabina, if you could read Ecclesiastes 12:6 and 7, and then Glennie, if you could read Psalm 104, verse 29. Uh, the Bible clearly describes uh, the reversal of creation when a living soul dies. Uh, so, Sabina? Ecclesiastes 12:6 and 7.
10: Okay, so I'll be reading from the New King James version and Ecclesiastes 12:6 and 7 says, "Remember your creator before the silver cord is loosed or the golden bow is broken, or the pitcher shattered at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the well. Then the dust will return to the earth, and it, as it was, and the spirit will return to God who gave it."
0: So, literally, again, translated, lest we give this spirit some kind of conscious entity, right? It's saying that the body returns to the ground. ground. And literally, the The same word, God breathed, the breath breath returns to God who gave it. You see? Creation, body, Mm. breath, death. Breath returns to God and the body returns to dust. Let's see, Glennie, how the psalmist adds to that with the inspired word in Psalm 104 29.
1: So I'll be reading from the New King James Version, and it says, You hide your feet, they are troubled. You take away their breath, they die and return to their dust.
5: Mm. He
0: takes away their breath. What happens?
5: They die. They die. Yeah. They die.
0: It's not like they go into some other wonderful existence.
6: No, hmm. no.
0: They die, and their body, returns it, to it returns to the dust. So, let me ask a question then. If, if we know that loved ones are not going through anguish, washing our trials, or we're worried about people who are suffering terrible torment, what, if we know that it's just a sleep, and there is a resurrection, and we have hope in Jesus, Nicole, why, why is losing someone such a painful experience? Why, why is death such a painful experience for people?
4: I think because as human beings, we are meant to be together as, as individuals, and I think it's hard to know that someone who you've loved, who you've spent time with, who you've become intimate with, is no longer there with you to share your memories, to share some of the milestones that you have in your life. And so I think it's painful to know that, like, for instance, my mom, she wasn't there for my the birth of my first child. Mm. So that, for me, is just very much like she should have been there. <laughs> so that's why the, I think the death is hard for our earthly existence.
0: Mm. Someone has once said, God never intended us to experience death, yep. yeah. either personally or losing a loved one. That's why He said, don't go near that tree where the tempter is lurking, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, painful, like it's… it's it, God never intended that. Travis?
2: I was just going to say exactly what you said, Derek, that it was never God's intention for us to experience death. Matter of fact, as we've just read uh, about the creation, is He created in His image a circle of life. We were made to give and to receive love, and He never intended for that chain of love to be broken. And so, when someone dies, the chain of love is broken, and it was never God's intention.
0: Now, some people have the unhealthy idea that Christians aren't supposed to grieve. Hmm. But there is a text, we read part of it in 1 Thessalonians 4, but, uh, Addison, if you could read for us verse 13, I think it, well, let's see what it says, and then let's talk about what that would look like in our lives today. Addison, in 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 13.
7: First Thessalonians 4, verse 13. I'm reading from the New King James Version. The Bible says, "...but I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope." Mm.
0: Okay, your translation, sorrow, grieve as those who have no hope. I don't want you to be ignorant about those who have, give me another word, died, died. Mm. Yeah. not just yeah. fallen asleep. It's not saying they're taking a nap. They've mm-hmm. died, mm-hmm. Yeah. but it's a death from which we can rise in the resurrection, right? Yeah. That you g- do not sorrow or grieve as those who have no oh. hope.
8: Mm-hmm.
0: So, what does that tell us about how Christians should deal with death, Megan?
8: That... It's okay for us to grieve, and we were made to. Ecclesiastes tells us right, that there is a time to cry, and when we've lost someone we love, even Jesus wept when he lost Lazarus, Mm. right? And um, it's okay to grieve, but with hope, not like those who do not have it. We know that we will be resurrected.
0: We so choose. can we weep and have hope at the same time, Nish? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. That sounds like an oxymoron, doesn't <laughs> it? A contradiction.
3: Yeah, I, I was going to say you can also you can tell it more intimately when you see someone who is weeping without hope, oh. uh, ah. and mm-hmm. the and the period in which they they mourn that loss. I mean, yeah, I think you're always going to mourn people who are lost uh, to you um, for a very long time, but the agony with which you can uh, sorrow. Um, uh, when there's hope versus not hope is is sometimes much deeper. Yeah.
0: So uh, a dear friend of ours, his wife, he kissed her to sleep, said see you in the morning, and she didn't wake up. Mm-hmm. And he has been weeping, I mean weeping. They had a beautiful relationship, beautiful relationship. I don't think I've met anyone that they loved each other more than this couple. And he's been weeping, but and he, I mean weeping. You know, not just I'm talking about weeping, right? Like David says, I've wet my bed with my tears. Mm, mm. My couch is wet. Mm-hmm, right. Weeping, and yet while he's telling me this and he's weeping, he's saying, "I'm so thankful for the promises of God." Mm. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That, that, that's grieving with hope, hope right? Yeah. Yes.
2: yes, Travis. Uh, uh, Derek, I know this gentleman uh, that you're talking about, and he said to me, he said, "...the promises of God are even stronger me, to me today Ooh. than they were prior to her death." And I right. thought, wow, that's really beautiful. Yeah. So, and,
0: and you know, we have people all around us losing loved ones. Sabina, uh, what does it mean to you that, that we don't have to grieve in a hopeless way, but we grieve with hope?
10: Pastor Derek, I think it means so much, especially because I have myself lost a very dear person to me, which was my father when I was a teenager. So how I I distinguish it is the difference between you having, if you see a person go and then you have no hope again of seeing that person ever again Uh versus the possibility that, well, I know I'm going to go through a lot of things in this life and things are going to happen. And unfortunately, that person will not be there for me temporarily. But one day, again, I'll be able to meet that person again. So I think this makes the entire difference. Obviously, there is still suffering and grief involved, as you were saying, like with the temporary things that we are living. Obviously, we love people like Travis was saying. We're not meant to ever lose those connections that we create in love. But then... I know that one day again finally I'm going to give him a hug, I'm going to say that I love him and that we're going to be able to share things as once we were able to.
0: So I don't know if you noticed but uh, Sabina was smiling while she was talking about her father who died uh, many years ago, but that that there is not without hope, right? So now I have a challenging question. Maybe Jackson you can start our discussion and let's talk about this. What if you don't know the spiritual condition of the person who died? What if you're not certain if they accepted the gift of salvation through Jesus? Can you still grieve with hope? Mm. Hmm, what do you think? It's not, uh, not a trick question, because I think there are a lot of people, they lose the loved mm. one, they say, well, I don't know what her where her heart was, you know, she. Trusted Jesus or not, or where he was when he was doing this and had an accident, what, what would you what would you say, Jackson?
6: We can never say that a soul is hopeless, uh, because even at the cross, you know, there was a thief who repented and accepted God as the savior. So when I feel that a loved one who lived a sinful lifestyle, and I would always think maybe at the last moment. Uh, he gave his heart to the Lord. I encourage myself, and I hope that he really gave his life to the Lord. Okay,
0: so you would say as long as there was breath, Uh there was hope. You gave the example of the thief who, right before his conversion, is cursing Uh Jesus it says in the Gospels. But then he goes, something's wrong with this picture. (laughs) We're cursing this man who's saying, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. And then he starts arguing with the other thief Mm -hmm. and saying, wait a minute, we deserve this. He's done nothing wrong, right? Right. So, last minute. We don't know if his mother was there, but it'll be a wonderful day, Mm -hmm. Uh, just like Sabina mentioned, to see her father will be a wonderful day for for. Uh, a parent to to see this repentant thief. Jason, question, how, how do I grieve? I just don't know uh, the heart of that person. Now they're they're in the sleep of death.
5: So, one thing I would say is, while we don't know, ultimately we place it into the hands of God, and we know that God is fair, and He's mm-hmm. going to let the person go with what choice they made. And so, even if we don't necessarily like that choice, God is letting that person have their choice of eternal destiny. So, yeah, maybe it's not what we would have wanted, but at least they get to have what they chose.
0: I'm so thankful God's much more merciful than (laughs) I am. We've got seven hands raised here. I'm going to go to Glenny first, because, Glenny, there's got to be someone watching Hope Sabbath School today and saying, well, it's one thing if they're singing all the Jesus, I surrender when they die, Mm -hmm. but what if you don't know? Uh, Can you still grieve with hope? What do you think?
1: I was just about to continue with what Jason was saying, God isn't going to drag someone to a place where they don't want to be. So, we might think that that's best for the person, but at the end of the day, out of His love, maybe heaven would have been an uncomfortable place for them. Um, and the choices they make kind of proves that.
0: So, God is merciful even in allowing a person a choice that might not be our first choice. So, a couple of hands raised here too. Nisha?
3: Um, Pastor Rick, the way you phrased the question was, what if we don't know the heart of the person, but we do know the heart of God? Ah, and we yeah,
0: know... True. Wait, hold on. Yes. <laughs> hold it right there and say that again, Nisha. Mm-hmm.
3: We don't know the heart of per- the person, but we do know the heart of God.
0: And, and that changes everything? Yeah. Changes
3: everything, Amen. because I know that my God, who allowed me at the age of 29 to accept Him, is the same God who will allow anyone who reaches any age he will pursue that person relentlessly with God's every might. Amen. And so, I don't have to question, because I know He is just, I know He merciful, and I know His heart, and that's all I need to know. Amen.
0: So, I'm going to talk to you, and then we'll come to Travis, but I just want to hold that idea. I think that was Holy Spirit-inspired. You say, but what about my loved one? I don't know where they were. And and we would repeat what Nisha just said. You may not know what where the heart of your loved one was at that moment, but we do know the heart of God. Amen. God so loved the world yes. and God is much more gracious. He's not looking to keep us out. Mm-hmm. He's looking to bring us in. But would you not agree today if you hear his voice don't harden your heart? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So don't don't uh, be careless with the grace and mercy of God. Mm-hmm. But thank you for that point, Travis.
2: I actually was going to make a very similar point and that is the Bible says that he's not that God is not willing that any should perish. Mm-hmm. He will do everything to save Anyone who wants to be saved, and my thought was this: if that person wanted to be saved, they will be saved. Amen. He, if they, if the, the Bible says anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, and so uh, I just believe that uh, we, as, as we just mentioned, we just the heart of God is so much more loving than mm-hmm. we can even fathom. And uh, there's going to be people in heaven we have never thought they were going to be there. Maybe Even ourselves, we're going to wonder, how did we get there? You know. But it's only because of a loving Savior.
0: Amen. Only the grace of God, for sure. Yeah. Sabina?
10: And also, Pastor Derek, I think it's very important that we are reminded that God called us not to be judges, right? <laughs> or, to de- or to decide upon people's final destination, And just going along with what Nisha said, I know that he's got a heart of love. I know his heart. And even as I handle situations where, you know, maybe delicate, people are wondering, you know, maybe someone committed suicide and had deep depression. Maybe someone was a terrible person, according to human judgment, and they were involved with some sort of assassination. Long story short... God is the one who is able to meet and see the heart of every single individual. We know he's going to do that with love, and it should never be our role to be speculating whether someone is going or not to be there in heaven, right? I think that's God ultimately ultimately the one to do that. So our work is to love, is to share his love and to share the hope and believe that as we have said here, that he's not willing that no one should perish. Amen
0: but that all should come to repentance, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then, of course, it goes on in Second in Peter and says, but the day of the Lord will come, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The elements will melt with fervent heat, yeah. and what kind of manner of people ought we to be, right? So, yeah. so there is that idea that we want to make a preparation while yeah. there's time, yes. but I'm so thankful that I may not know their heart, but we can know the heart of God. Yes. I remember someone telling me one time, I really wouldn't, don't want to live forever.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, well, in a world of sin, sickness, death, mm. I wouldn't want to live forever either, would you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But let's look at a couple of prophecies, and, Zendelia, if you could read for us first from 1 Corinthians, chapter 15 and verse 26, and then, uh, Nicole, if you could read Revelation 20, uh, verses 14 and 15. Uh, These are wonderful prophecies that tell us, remember the series is life, death, resurrection, and eternal life? Um, We could say life, death, resurrection, eternal life with no death, right? Right. Sandile, how does that read in your Bible in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 26?
8: First Corinthians 15, 26, from the King James Version, it reads, "...the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death." <laughs> mm. Somebody use my
0: favorite Hebrew word. Hallelujah. The last enemy to be destroyed mm. is death. When does that happen, Nicole? In Revelation, mm-hmm. tells us, chapter 20 and verses 14 and 15.
4: Uh, the New International Version of Revelation 20, verses 14 and 15 says, Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire.
0: So, what's the difference, Addison? Maybe you can help us on this one. Addison, what's the difference between the first death and the second death?
7: Well, the first death is there's a lot of hope there that is for those who the first death is talking about at the second coming and all those who are sleeping in the graves who've gone to sleep in jesus knowing jesus as their lord and savior but then the second death is the second is affiliated with the second resurrection of course with the wicked uh, rising again after the 1000 years and the new jerusalem coming back uh, to the earth and god will recreate everything but uh, there will be a could I use final judgment there um, when when that transpires?
0: All right, I, I I agree with part of that, but I don't agree with all of it, and that's okay because we're an interactive here group here. So let's unpack that because actually sinners can die the first death too, right? It's mm-hmm. not just un, not just believers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so what's the difference between the first death and the second death? Hope uh, first yeah. death is.
3: First, the first death, uh, so it can be for anyone. Um, first
0: death is for anyone,
3: and? The second death is only for those who uh, have chosen not to believe in Christ.
0: And we can say more too, can't we, Travis? Uh, Jason, you're jumping. So, let's hear. <laughs> because this is really important, isn't it? Because we ought not to fear the first
5: death, but we ought to fear the second death, yes. right? Talk to me about the difference. So, the first death is temporary. It's the life we have now and it's just, it's the going to sleep process.
0: And that could be for anyone?
5: That could be for anyone. Okay. The second death is an eternal process. That will take place forever once it happens. So,
0: it is irreversible. Yes. Um,
2: You want to add to that, Travis? Well, I just know that the Bible says that um, anyone whose name is not found written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So, we really want our name written in the Book of Life, mm-hmm. and we can do that by accepting Jesus as our Savior. So, anyone who accepts Jesus as their Savior does not have to fear the second death.
0: Or the first death.
2: Right, right. right? neither one have to be feared.
0: Oh, yeah. death, where is now your sting? Oh, grave, where is now your victory, right? right. right? Yeah. Because Jesus, our theme song for this quarter, he has the keys it's of the grave, mm-hmm. Hades, of and of yeah. death. Yeah. So, I don't need to fear the sleep of the first death or to the eternal second death because I'm not going there, right? <laughs> yeah. Because Amen. of faith in Jesus, He's, he's given me that victory. Yeah. Let's, let's unpack a little more of what Jesus taught about death, and uh, I'm going to ask Glennie if you'd read for us in John chapter 11. If I could take one chapter of the Bible to help me clearly understand mm. the nature of man or the nature of the human person, it would be John 11, Mm -hmm. because it talks about life and death Mm -hmm. and resurrection Mm -hmm. and eternal life. I mean, that's this whole series. Mm -hmm. So, uh, let's take a snapshot from John chapter 11, uh, verses 11 through 14. Glennie.
1: So, I'll be reading from the New King James Version, and it says, These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, for they thought that he was speaking about taking rest in sleep. Mm-hmm. Then Jesus said to them, plainly, Lazarus is dead.
0: So, it's interesting, even with the raising of Jairus' daughter, if I remember Matthew 9, he also speaks about her sleeping. Yes. Now, when he stops the funeral outside of the village of Nain he doesn't he just stops the funeral and he raises this young man who's been dead but in both other resurrections he speaks of death as a sleep yes. and of waking up from the sleep which we call
6: resurrection,
0: resurrection, resurrection. right uh, but this idea of death and resurrection jesus when he's speaking here um, in in the story of Lazarus, uh, death is nothing to fear Mm -hmm. if you're going to be raised again from the dead, right? It's just a sleep. Now, if we go farther in the story, if you just remember the story of Lazarus, if you've not read it, John chapter 11, uh, why are Mary and Martha weeping? Because both of them say, Lord, if you've been here, our brother would not have died, (laughs) right? (laughs) Why are they why are they weeping if death is just asleep and there's a rest Did they believe in the resurrection? Yes. yes. Absolutely. But Nicole, you mentioned earlier about death being an enemy. When did they think Lazarus was going to be raised from the dead? Last day. Last day. Last day. You're quoting the scripture, yeah. right? I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last the day. day. So it's like, I don't know how long to the last day, yeah. but our Brother just went to sleep and he didn't wake up.
4: Right?
5: Yeah.
0: He's now in the sleep of death, right? So they believed in the resurrection, but they didn't know when it was going to be. Right. Yeah. So what about Jesus? He's weeping, because he we talked about grieving, right? But not grieving in a hopeless way. Why is Jesus weeping when he knows what he's going to do? Anybody? Addison?
7: Uh, I love this story. You see the heart of God in such a profound way here. But, but Jesus, like he, he understands their pain. He, uh, he sympathizes with them, but I want to say he, he, he empathizes. He, he understands what they're going through, and he's weeping with them because he loves them, and he cared for Lazarus, and he loved Lazarus too. So, so but he knows he's going to raise
0: him from the dead, right? But, but he's, he's grieving with Mary and Martha. Uh, Travis?
2: So, I don't think he's grieving so much for Lazarus as he is grieving for the unbelief. Most of the time, I remember reading the accounts of Jesus weeping, and it's always at the unbelief. Jerusalem, O oh Jerusalem, you know, he's crying. How often, you know, I wanted to gather you as a hen gathers her chicks. When, when people don't believe, it brings tears, to the eyes of Jesus. And here is a group of people not believing, and uh, I believe that's my shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Mm-hmm. I, sure, of course, he was grieving with them as well, but I think his, his weeping was for their unbelief.
0: Mm-hmm. F- by there, you mean some of the people there? Yes. Yeah, and yeah. for the yep. people in general, right? I think you're absolutely right, because uh, after this amazing miracle, the religious leaders say, we've got to kill him.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs>
0: he just said, I'm the resurrection and the life, and they're saying we've got to kill him. If he keeps doing these things, everyone will believe in him. Right. And I mean, we're like, amen. Yeah. Right? Yes. But uh, you're, you're right. I think he's weeping there, uh, not only with Mary and Martha, but he's weeping because of the unbelief mm-hmm. of the people that even this will not change things. Mm-hmm. Now, one preacher said that when Jesus came to the tomb, we're talking here about the nature of man, right? Mm. Lazarus is not some disembodied spirit in heaven or some right? Mm. He's sleeping in the grave. Yeah. Jesus said he's sleeping.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: One preacher said when he came to the grave, he called specifically Lazarus. He had to come forth. <laughs> Do you th- do, is that is that just kind of a little sanctified imagination, or if he called, come forth, would would oh, all would of the dead everything. have yep. have come from the grapes? <laughs> probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yes.
4: That's his power.
0: So, so that's the power of Christ, right? Now the skeptic says, but I thought the dead don't know anything; their thoughts perish. So how did Lazarus hear, Jason? If the dead know not anything, how did Lazarus hear? When Jesus called out, Lazarus, come forth. There is an answer. And we've got someone who studied medicine here, Jackson. You want to give
6: us an answer? How did he hear? I think he was resurrected first, and then he heard, and then he came out. Someone
0: told me, which is similar to what you're saying, that there's so much power in the word of Jesus that in the milliseconds that it takes for that sound to reach Lazarus, the miracle's already happened. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah so that by the time that sound reaches Lazarus in the tomb, he can hear. <laughs> wow. Wow. And he, he comes forth wrapped in grave clothes, right? <laughs> yeah, but that's the power of the resurrection. Key point here, though, we're talking about understanding human nature. Do we have some disembodied spirit floating around somewhere? Or when we die, does the soul die and the breath return to God? What is Lazarus's testimony Anybody, Sabina? Can you can you uh can you help us with this one? What is Lazarus's testimony when he comes from the grave? What does he tell us about his experience after his death? Does anybody, Sabina? Did you say, Derek? I think this is a trick question. <laughs> uh, but but uh, I. No. What does to my us? knowledge,
10: one thing I know is that Lazarus had not been somewhere so outstanding that he shared with everybody. It's not that he came back and said, "Hey, I saw this and this and that and this and." That. So it it, sent, it feels like he was really just sleeping, right? And he didn't really know what had happened to him.
0: The silence mm-hmm. is a testimony. Yeah.
8: Mm-hmm.
0: He was sleeping, <laughs> right? right? He woke up. I'm, I'm sure when he woke up. He looked, he was wrapped in a shroud, he's in a place that's smelling because his sister said he's been dead four days, right? I mean, his body was raised without the corruption, but all of the smell around him, and he, his first thought must have been, I think I must have died, <laughs> right? Right. But in terms of what happened, he was sleeping. Right. Let's see how the Bible reinforces what Sabina said. And by the way, I think we can be comforted by that. You know, death is asleep. We just need to make sure while we're still living, we choose, through faith in Christ, to to be part of the correct resurrection, right? The first resurrection to life and not the second resurrection to condemnation. Let's look at a couple of other verses that reinforce this idea that Lazarus didn't have a testimony, When He came forth, Psalm 146, and, uh, Jason, if you could read that for us, Psalm 146 and verse 4, what does the psalmist say? And by the way, we believe Scripture is given by inspiration of God. I love what David says, "...the Spirit of the Lord was upon me, His word was in my mouth." Mm -hmm. That's in 2 Samuel 23. I love that. It's like, wow, that's powerful. How does the psalmist speak there in, in Psalm 146 and verse 4?
9: All right, and I'm reading from the New King James Version, and the Bible says, His spirit departs, he returns to his earth, In that very day his plans perish.
0: We could put Lazarus there, you know, Lazarus returned to the dust, his breath returned to God, and in that very moment, what happens to his thoughts? Gone, gone. They're gone. God. Uh, yeah. Now, the beautiful thing is God, uh, and I'm not a medical person, but I know that God, He, he knows our DNA and He we, knows everything about us. So, when we are raised from the dead, if we die before Jesus comes, and some of you may be living before He, before he comes, but we're not just another person that kind of looks like you. You are. <laughs> it's you. Yes. God raises you from the dead, right? Yes. But during that time of sleep, I don't think. Ecclesiastes, chapter 9. Lenny, if you could read for us verse 5 and verse 10. Here Solomon is, he's been thinking, I'll try any pleasure and see if it gives me meaning in life, and it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Eventually, he says, reverence God and keep His commandments. Mm -hmm. That's the whole whole duty of man. Mm -hmm. But what does uh, he tell us in Ecclesiastes 9, verse 5 and verse 10?
1: So I'll be reading from the New King James Version, and it says, For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing, and they have no more reward for the memory of them. Is and verse 10 says, Whatever you have, finds to do, do it with all your might, for there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going.
0: Hmm. So the living know that they will die, true or false? True. true. Yeah, we all know, right? Mm-hmm. Unless Jesus comes, we will die. Yeah? But yeah. it's just... Asleep. It's just asleep. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. We, when you belong to Jesus, you don't need to fear the first death or the and second so, death. Yeah. The first death, because it's asleep, you're coming up in the resurrection of the mm-hmm. righteous. Second death is not for you, right? <laughs> it's for those whose names are not written in the book of life, mm-hmm. right? Yes. One more verse here. Let's take a look at Psalm 115. Mm -hmm. Megan, if you could read that for us, Psalm 115 and verse 17, and then I want to give you an opportunity to share how what we've studied today brings you comfort, a time when you lost a loved one, and how the truth about what happens when we die and the resurrection brings you comfort. Psalm 115 and verse 17.
8: Okay and I'll be reading from the New International Version. It is not the dead who praise the Lord, those who go down to the place of silence.
0: Now, as someone pointed out in a previous study, if I could praise God while I'm in the sleep of death, would you? Mm -hmm. Man, I'd be like, praise the Lord, right? (laughs) Because next thing I know I'm going to wake up, but but I can't because my thoughts Mm -hmm. perish. I'm just sleeping Mm -hmm. until the resurrection, right? So, this whole understanding that there's not some separate spiritual entity out there, we are a living soul, mm. a living being. You say, but when we die at the end, we return to the dust, breath to God, that's the end? And the answer is no. There's a resurrection when, when Christ returns, and we can choose which resurrection we'll come up in, and we want to choose the resurrection of the redeemed, right? Mm. Can you think of a time when you lost a loved one I'm hoping it was at a time that you knew what the Bible teaches about death and hope and resurrection, Mm -hmm. that what the Bible teaches that we've talked about brought comfort to you. Anybody have an experience you'd like to share of losing a loved one? Travis.
2: Uh, So, it was about seven years ago that I lost my mom, and um, I was able to give my mom Bible studies. matter of fact, we were in this right at the end of a series of 25 Bible studies uh, when she passed away unexpectedly. But my mom had told some people at the church that she wanted to be rebaptized, and uh, she said she had learned so much. And and I just know that that, uh, God had given us that time before she uh, fell asleep in Jesus, and I know that I'm going to see her one day at the resurrection.
0: Now there's another part to that story, because your stepfather was kind of listening into the Bible studies. And tell us the rest of that story, because this is really good news.
2: Well, my mom was, um, we were sitting there looking at her, yet the coroner hadn't picked her up, and he comes and he sits down on the couch by my wife and I. Your stepdad? My stepdad did. And he puts his arms on us and he goes, I just want you to know I want to keep on studying the Bible Aww. with you, and um, and he was baptized three months later Amen. with my brother, Amen.
0: with your brother. Amen. <laughs> so uh, we don't grieve without hope.
6: Amen.
0: Somebody else, uh, where the hope of Scripture that we've studied brought you hope in a time of loss? Anyone? Just Jason?
9: Yeah. So uh, my wife, Laura, uh, her. Grandfather passed away a couple of years ago, and so uh, it was kind of one of those moments where we didn't really know where his heart was. Okay, but I'm glad Nisha brought up the point that we know what God's heart is. <laughs> oh, so that was comforting mm-hmm. as well. And uh, mm-hmm. I had got a chance to be um, a taker, a inheritor, of his, of his uh, van. And as I was looking through the glove compartment, I saw a little cross there, and it mm-hmm. said, "With God, all things are possible." So I think that was kind of like a, a wink, you know, little liking. message from heaven yeah. for you. Amen. Amen. <laughs>
0: You know, that's a beautiful lesson, and and I can share my own testimony with the death of my two parents in the last uh, year and a half. Um, It's a beautiful thing to watch someone face death unafraid. Mm. Mm. We don't need to fear the sleep of the first death, and we don't have any part in the second death, Mm -hmm. so death has lost its sting, hasn't
6: Mm -hmm. it? Amen.
0: Mm. I'm so thankful for that blessed hope, and I'm thankful that you joined us for Hope Sabbath School today. Some of you may be listening with tears in your eyes and saying, death is so painful, and you're right, it is. We grieve. It's healthy to grieve, but we don't grieve without hope because we have hope in Jesus. And I I really, my takeaway from this study is, even if I don't know the heart of a loved one or a friend, I know the heart of God, (laughs) and I know that He's not willing that any should perish. He loves us all with an immeasurable and unfailing love." So, rest in His love today. (laughs) Rest in His saving grace today. And most of all, accept Him today as your Savior. Rest in His salvation. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank You so much for the encouragement, even in this topic of death, that we can know that there is hope beyond the grave uh, through faith in Jesus. May we find that hope today, Mm -hmm. and may we share that hope. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Why is this topic so important? Answer, there's so many confusing ideas out there, but I encourage you to go to the Bible and see what the Bible tells us. We have hope beyond the grave through faith in Jesus. Rejoice in that hope and go out and share that good news with those around.